Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I've tried to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode is Doctor Who, Season 2. I'm Jimmy, and when I was six years old, I told everybody that my phone number was 74. (laughs) I'm Jeff, and I voted for Ralph Nader. I'm Dan, and last night I drove two hours to see Jurassic Park in 35mm, and I slept through a large portion of it. Make sure to leave us a podcast review and rating on your favorite podcast source. Uh, email us at talkmeinto at gmail.com and tweet at us at talkmeinto and we will read them on this show. So in every episode, we're going to be talking about what we're talking ourselves into. It could be any little thing, uh, not necessarily towards pop culture or whatever. But uh, this week, I am talking myself into script writing. I have to talk myself into it because I keep starting stuff and not finishing it. And it's just putting a damper on my whole life. What are you trying to write? Uh, I'm writing a movie right now. It's called uh, the working title is Naugatuck, Connecticut, which oh. is uh, wow. That's original, probably right? your problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's not necessarily about uh, Naugatuck, but it it takes place in in Naugatuck, obviously. And see, Jeff's just jealous because he only got to grow up in Naugatuck for a little while because he's from a broken home. Yeah, a little while, a third of my life. Yeah, that's it. Some of us have gotten to live here every day since that's, they were born that's not uh for everybody outside of Naugatuck listening to this it's uh it's a normal normal it, town it's fine it's a small town with nothing going on in it it's a bu- bucolic center of industry and commerce and, and culture is that what it yeah. is <laughs> it's, bucolic is not the word i would use to describe this town it's very reminiscent of the works of bruce springsteen okay but um except sadder so so yeah that it's it's not necessarily about nagatuck it just takes place in nagatuck you got to get on that jim yeah i know i gotta i gotta talk myself into it that is the point of this segment so uh jimmy made a short film when he was in college that is available online called god only knows yeah it's about god deciding which one goes to heaven which one goes to hell it's funny there's there's a lot of swears You you haven't seen this jeff no. It's funny. What? Wow. Watch it. It's okay. like 10 minutes long. It's 20 minutes long. 20 minutes long. Yeah. yeah. That's what I said. Wow. Yeah. I'll, I'll put the link to the uh, thing in the description. Yeah, do it, Jim. All right. So, Jeff, what are you talking yourself into this week? <sighs> it's not so much me talking myself into, but uh, my wife is trying to talk me into the, the Cone Marie method. Cone Connery? Oh, okay. Con- it's a, I've heard about this. I have no idea what you're talking about. There's a Netflix show. Oh, some is lady, that what it's called? Some lady wrote a book. Her name is Marie Kondo, and oh. she has a... If it doesn't spark joy, throw it away. I've heard of this. If I hear spark joy <laughs> back to back 
three more times in the next day, I'm going to spark a fire in my brain. I know what we're doing it. today. So I've heard about this because it's everywhere in pop culture right now. Right. It's it's a thing. It's like a, it became a meme and yeah. she's all on board. By the time people are listening to this episode, it will have been burnt Dead. out yes. and no one will nobody even know will what we're talking about. She'll have sold enough books to live happily for the rest of her life and nobody will care about it ever again. <laughs> well, it, and it, it'll be on Netflix until the world caves into the sun. But right. uh, at this point in the middle of January in 2019, it's everywhere. I had to it, look Including it up. my home. Yeah. I had to look up what it was because uh, I saw a humorous tweet that depicted a political cartoon of a woman reading the book and throwing away the Electoral College. It's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Pretty so good. what are the you are good. What are you getting rid of, Jeff, that doesn't spark joy? Because I know you to be a tremendous pack rat. I've seen you fill apartments with nothing but freebies and garbage. In my defense, I'm not anymore because the last time I moved... I left everything there and let them take my security Oh, because I didn't want to deal with anything. So I don't have much. Like, I th- I threw out some clothes that I'm getting too big for or, like, buttons popped off. You mean of. you yeah. still don't – you don't have the lamp that has the Dr. Pepper thing on it from, no, like, I, 20 years ago? I documented the uh, the destruction oh, of you did. The, the Dr. Pepper lamp, Dr. Yeah. Thunder lamp. Oh, oh, it was Dr. Thunder. It wasn't even Dr. Pepper. No. What is he, rich? <laughs> He can't afford to make a lampshade out of a Dr. Pepper cardboard box. Um, yeah, but that whole uh, whatever it's called method is is gaining some controversy because she's encouraging people to throw out books. Yeah. My wife just donated the, all of Game of Thrones. Oh, I was like, geez. just there are five books. It takes up a square, not even a square foot of your home. Just Honestly, leave it there. At this time in our culture, we're not that far off from being told we're not allowed to have books. So let's keep the books as long as we can, people. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and then she'll, she got rid of stuff that didn't spark joy and replace it with other stuff that now sparks joy, but won't soon. But, I'm sorry. This is just... Not to keep going back to it, but the books is a sore subject for me because if we don't have our houses filled with books, how will we, without words, let people know that we're smarter than them? That's true. <laughs> I need people to see my book collection so they go, oh. Oh, my bookshelf is full. Don't yeah. worry about that. I mean, I've donated books, too, that I know I'll never read again, yeah. like topical political books. I'm like, okay, I read this 12 years ago and it's relevant. I'm not going to read it again. <laughs> are you let telling me donate me, it to a library. Are you telling me that you're not going to reread the Daily Show's America book? That is still on my shelf. <laughs> I actually have a paperback copy of a book called Bushisms that I bought at a grocery store. <laughs> so, That's yeah, relevant. Timely. Um, not that anyone's interested, but what I've been talking myself into this week is jury duty. Wow. Now, I know that uh, seems why? like a weird pu- subject, but... <laughs> why are you talking yourself into it? I was required to attend jury duty, as okay. you do. Mm, you don't have to. <laughs> I haven't. Just avoid the law. I don't. Yeah. Forever. What happens when you get summoned? You don't go. Okay, so let's document <laughs> this happens. for when Jeff is in prison. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happens. Or uh, so what happened with myself? Not to hijack your talk me into. Go ahead. But uh, the first time I got the summons, I waited till the day before. I called up. They said you don't have to go. I was like, cool. But I already took the day off of work, so I just got paid for it. And I was like, this is cool. And I lied. <laughs> then the second time, I forgot to go. Mm-hmm. So I remember, like the next day, I called up, and you could reschedule it for up to like a year in advance. Yeah. So I did that, 
And then I forgot like an hour later and just never went. So I don't know if the day before, like I wasn't supposed to go, but I've moved so many times, like you recently said, yeah, um, that I get summoned at every single address that I've ever lived at. And I just stop going. Sometimes I'll call to see and I'm like not called off, but I just don't go. That's awesome. Jeff's a guy that if he had been living in his prime in the 19th century, he would be rotting in a jail cell for debtor's prison or something really lame like that, like stealing an ear of corn because he just didn't think it through and was like, it'll work itself out. No, because like if I murder somebody, they'll just throw that charge on. Okay. You know? Uh, Why I'm talking myself into jury duty is because I was summoned to jury duty and I reported because I'm a responsible citizen of these United States. I pay my taxes. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, Sometimes I decided that I was going to use it as an opportunity to catch up on some reading that I wanted to do. Mm. So I borrowed a book from the library, happened to be Ron Chernow's biography of Alexander Hamilton that the Broadway production was based on. And I showed up and I sat there. I drank my free coffee. I read my book for about four hours and then I got to go home and I got paid by my job for it. And I said, why does everyone hate jury duty so much? Because you get selected. Who cares? It was a delight. It was an excuse to read. You mean I might get accept, uh, selected for a trial? Yeah. Bring it on, baby. <laughs> I mean, courtroom procedurals are a huge part of our media market right now. Why are people so against the idea of being selected for jury duty? It's like being part of the program. A lot of places don't pay you. Workplaces? Yeah. Oh, come on, Or you on, get a very Jim. small percentage of your pay. No. Yes. Yeah. Not a lot. Every place I've ever worked has paid you. Okay, we don't all work for for Donald Trump. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, but, okay. So for the people who are going to get paid, which I feel is the majority of people who work full-time, <laughs> the majority of people who work full-time, Jimmy, do not second-guess me on this, <laughs> will get paid. And it is a nice day to leave the office, catch up on some reading, maybe some social media. They allow phones now. Mm. They have some TV playing. I watched several moments of an HGTV show where they were hanging chandeliers. And uh, I got to go home. If they had put me on a case, I would have been like, okay, it's never happened before, but I would have given it a shot. So I'm talking myself into it because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It never is. And now I'm wondering, if you read the fine print of those jury summons, there's actually a section where you could request to be re-summoned before your allotted time period. So I want to find out if my job will pay me if I volunteer for jury duty. Most places are one day a year. I got to find out the answer to that without having to ask my boss because (laughs) then she will be alerted to the fact that (laughs) I want to go to jury duty. But if it is possible. This is bizarre. Your main, your whole job is just going to be a jury duty. I would go once a month. I, I mean, I don't know if I could go more than that. It might be taxing and boring, but I would go once a month and just like kick back. Like I said, enjoy a free cup of coffee, do some people watching, read a little, maybe take a little snooze in my chair. It was delightful. You know, doing that kind of stuff, I, I've realized isn't as bad as I always brought it out to be but like i was sitting at the dmv the other day and i was like you know this isn't like as bad as i've ever had it before yeah and they've they made it a lot better but i mean just jury duty you're excited about jury duty it's a nice day away from the office all right all right 
So last episode, Jeff and Jimmy tried their hardest to talk me into liking season one of Doctor Who, series one, whatever, British, uh, from 2005 and the Christmas special, which is available for streaming on Amazon Prime. If you haven't watched it, if you haven't listened to our last episode, I encourage you to check both of those things out. Um, I was a little on the fence about it. I I thought the season had a lot of highs and had some lows. Um, I know you guys did your darndest to convince me that it was a great show and that season one should have been enough to launch me into the Doctor Who stratosphere of continuing to watch. But um, I did like a lot of the character work that was in there. We talked a lot about Rose and her interactions with the Doctor and her father in the Father's Day episode. And I thought that the writing was really successful in giving these characters a lot of dimensions and their own story arcs. Um, But I did have some concerns with the design and some of the overall level of campiness and things like that. But um, since we talked last time, did you guys have any other points that you wanted to make before we get into what we watched for this episode? Uh, I don't think so. I think we covered all of our bases. Yeah, I mean, a couple things that I wanted to think about going forward into Season 2 was I really wanted to see how David Tennant worked for me as the Doctor since I only saw him a little bit in the Christmas special, but I was really excited by what I saw. And um, like I said at the end of the last last episode, I was more on the negative side of Season 1, but with the Christmas special kind of like boosting me up. I I got really excited about the future and I felt like I'm not ready to commit to saying that I'm going to watch all of Doctor Who, but I did want to watch the next season. Okay. So I kind of want to see if season two lives up to the hype of the Christmas special for me. And I wanted to see if the things that I really appreciated, like the character writing and some of the plotting and things like that continued and were still successful and if they could sort of shore up some of the issues that I had as far as um, the weird design and some of the Monster of the Week episodes being sort of forgettable. So, um, like we told you at the end of the last episode, for this episode we're going to be talking about Series 2 from 2006 and the Christmas special, which is titled Runaway Bride, I believe. Yes. You got it. And um, so if you haven't seen those yet, like I said, take a break, pause the episode, go check it out. It's available streaming on Amazon Prime. And after this break, we will return to spoil all of season two of Doctor Who. And I will, I promise you, have an answer to the question. Did we talk you into Doctor Who? You'll find out soon. (gasps) Okay, we are going to discuss uh, season two of Doctor Who, as Dan said. Last episode, we kind of talked broad picture, focused a lot on the characters, um, which, you know, with the Doctor's a new actor, we'll probably focus on that, too. Um, this this episode, we're going to be talking more about episode by episode. 
you'd say, Dan? Yeah, I think that's kind of how I looked at it. I mean, I, I had so many general impressions of season one, but now I'm more familiar with the show and the characters. So I kind of honed in on each episode and things like that. So okay. rewatching this was a double edged sword for me. Oh, yeah. Because so? rewatching it is great. Mm-hmm. And season one, I skipped a couple of the doo doo episodes, but, you know, I watched the bulk of it. And as I was watching the bulk of it, uh, my wife was watching it with me. And she had never watched it before, and oh. I've been trying to talk her into it, and she started to like it. Yeah. Good. I was like, do you want to watch Doctor Who? I mean, no, it's fine. But then she would watch. She's like, do you want to watch one more? And I was like, I was going to go to bed, but let's do it. <laughs> um, so as I was, as we were watching season two, she became almost more into it than I was and would not let me watch it without her. So I did not finish this rewatch because now she's talked into watching doctor who which is great that's awesome so jeff did we talk your wife into doctor who yes success the (laughs) The podcast is over thank you it's done so uh so i I did watch uh most of this and i've seen all these episodes before but i might not be as fresh talking about the finer details of these episodes moving forward but it but it's great yeah i don't know if i'd say it was great Oh, oh. hot takes! Oh, hot takes right off the bat. Oh boy! But let's start it off. Well, we'll let you lead because I don't know where you're going with this. Let's start it off with episode one: New Earth, baby. New Earth, new, 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 new York. Yeah. What I want to say about this is, yeah, it wasn't that good. Okay. It's yeah. a rehash of like my least favorite episode of season one. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like, hey guys. You know that episode that was boring and had characters that no one cared about? We're bringing them back. But the face of Bo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was the one part that was kind of interesting, the prophecy. I'm a sucker for prophecies. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, when I die, I will tell you the secret. And I was like, yeah, tell it to us now. Die. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that didn't happen. I have to meet like one or two more times, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not a very cool secret. <laughs> yeah. Really? Uh, so... Remember in the last episode when I was talking to you guys about how I felt that the series had to write itself out of holes due to design issues and things like that? Yes. Oh, and yeah. that the episodes that worked for me succeeded in writing themselves out of the holes and made the characters cool and made me regret thinking that they were campy and corny. And the episodes that failed for me didn't write themselves out of that hole. Okay. The cat doctors. The cat people. Yeah. They didn't write themselves out of any holes. No, they were... They're just whatever. aliens. They're, Meow. They've just evolved <laughs> over five billion Into years. Into cats. Yeah. No, they always were cats. They just became people. Oh, man. They no. weren't cool, but, like, I understand. Yeah. It, it Very shagadelic, baby. There's a lot of universe to see. Yeah. Uh, you just so, say shagadelic. Yeah, what? very shagadelic, baby. Uh I mean, I don't really have a lot more to say about that episode. I thought... No, it sucked. It wasn't that great. It was kind of also like a weird idea. Like, we're infecting them with every disease ever so we could find cures. Wouldn't it be a better test of, like, the scientific method to infect each of them with a different disease by itself? Rather than have an army of people who are infected with every disease? I don't know. Maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into this. Maybe it's just fun fantasy television but i was just like what is the purpose they would just die immediately yeah i agree i mean (laughs) yeah it's not a good episode yeah Yeah. tooth and claw uh 
So unfortunately, I was going to skip this episode, but she wanted to watch it. Yeah. Oh boy. So I, I had to watch it. Um, I, I vaguely watched it. Monster of the week. Yeah. Not very literally cool. the werewolf. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not very cool. The only cool thing at the end was that's why Torchwood. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You have that, that little yeah. little nuggy. Yeah. At the end. Um, I saw the twist coming like from the moment they showed that gigantic telescope. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's probably going to be important because mm-hmm. it's a big, ridiculous-looking steampunk telescope. Yeah. Um, why did the alien happen to look like a werewolf? Was that ever explained? Probably not. <laughs> he just happened to look like a werewolf and howl at the moon and all that? That's or maybe that's where we get the werewolf lore from. It's possible. Oh. There's also there's a little bit of stuff of the bed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So follow up question to that theory: Why did it look like a wolf? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, I was just like, I don't want to be too negative at the start of this, but you know, it's I had high much, hopes. I had high hopes going into this season. It's pretty much universally those two episodes suck. It's everyone knows that. So then, but those two episodes are just like. Eh. Yeah, they're okay. They're not like hated like another yeah, pair they're just, of episodes back to back later this season. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um so judging by what you're saying, we may disagree on the next set of two, which I talked about together. School reunion and the girl in the fireplace. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't talk about those two together. So. No. Why? School reunion was a very important episode for Doctor Who. Refresh yeah. my memory because I just lumped it in as being a boring and useless episode. It's Sarah you Jane about... Smith and K9 return oh, after God. 30 years. Yeah. And also, or weren't you talking years. about the entire last episode about how like you love character stuff? Like that basically solidified what a companion is to the doctor. Yeah, it had a... I felt like I already knew that. I felt like that was already addressed with Rose enough. Like no, but they 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 go further because Sarah Jane Smith's fan favorite, and she was with. And they've two, never talked about the doctor doctors. being with other people before. Yeah, in the reboot in this series, and you have her talking about her giving advice to Rose, and Rose being like, "Oh, you're you're his old his ex, yeah. basically." And that's what it is. And, I mean, that and you have the romantic cool, relationship but... with the doctor and Rose, but you never had that with. Um, Pert Wee or Baker and Sarah Jane. I don't know any of that stuff, and I didn't know who she was. So I she could have been when I first watched it. She could have been made up for the series, and I mean, it was interesting to see his interactions with a former companion. But uh, but having after the first time I saw it, didn't know who she was. Found out who she was. She has four seasons of her own TV show before she passed away. And then mm-hmm. I went back and watching. Classic when you, episodes of When film. you say her own TV show, do you mean just... She had a spinoff. Oh. Yeah, there was four seasons. It's, Sarah it's a, Jane Adventures. a more childish show. Oh. Whereas Torchwood was spun off to be aimed at adults. Sarah Jane Adventures was aimed towards children. But after watching this the first time, I went back and I watched episodes with her with uh, Tom Baker. And now coming back to it, having seen that, I like it even more. Mm. I don't know. I would consider rewatching it at some point if I ever watched any of those Tom Baker ones. But like the the, the story itself is silly, but the mm-hmm. characters within that, I'll I give think, you that. I'll I think you that. make up for because I don't care about them eating crisps and getting <laughs> smart. Like that that was stupid. And yeah. like the yeah, bat yeah. people, it's a cool concept for a villain, but 
It was. Yeah, they're silly. trying to unlock the universe basically through a computer code. I thought that was kind of cool. And, and, and just like in the last episode, you were talking about Mickey. He he's the tin dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. That was so bad, so so bad. Oh, it was brought back too. <clears throat> but idea. why didn't the doctor, when he fixed K nine, update his technology to not look like a microwave? Because I've, I don't know. Because <laughs> the fans would be mad. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. Um, and you're all, you're lumping that in with Girl in the Fireplace, which is usually accepted as one of the better episodes. I didn't like it. Season. But it was wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Yeah, <laughs> I just didn't care about what they were interacting with in the past. The girl and that period of France. and I don't care about that period either, but I thought that it was a cool concept. To be honest with you, I don't it even was, remember what the villain was or like what the situation was that he was trying to save her from. It was like Inception. Time there was slower, but for... On the other side of the fireplace, it was fast, so... Yeah, but what was the villain? He was, They were trying to uh, mature her to uh, get her brain in the spaceship. Oh, I don't know. It was weird. I didn't feel that. I just thought they felt like Monster of the Week episodes. I didn't know that Sarah Jane whatever had a history with the show. I mean... I understand that her character, it's told to us, had a history with the show, right. but I didn't know that in real life that was the same actress. Oh, yeah, that. for several years. I have a chihuahua that is snoring. I apologize <laughs> for the sound. I'm trying to wake him up. Uh, yeah, so then then we get to Rise of the Cybermen. And which, the Age of Steel. Okay, yeah. It's I kind of separate these because this is like a big thing, but... Uh, okay. Um. I liked the Cyberman stuff. Mm-hmm. Cyberman or Cybermen? <laughs> Joel Cyberman? Yeah. Uh, no, I liked that. I liked them as a villain. I recognized them immediately from the museum from season one. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I did immediately notice that their sort of ethos and catchphrase was very similar to the Daleks, mm-hmm. which. Same time frame. Yeah, a lot of, like, post-war Britain stuff. Uh, They're basically robotic versions of Nazis. like Soldiers. Yeah, Yeah. they're jackbooted, like, soldiers who are into stamping out individuality and uh, sort of, like, just putting their stamp on the world and creating a massive, like, shall we call it a Reich? Mm. Like... I just kept seeing parallels between Dalek, Cybermen, and Nazis, which is kind of cool. I like that, but... Um, what do you think of the whole alternate universe thing? I like that. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. going to ask about that, um, too. I like the alternate universe stuff. I'm a sucker for that. I like that in other sci-fi. Me, too. But I was wondering... And there's always blimps. Oh, you, always. So, so yeah. this brings me right into my question for you. Um, was the... Was the alternate universe always part of the Cybermen stuff from the past? I don't think no. so. Actually, the Cybermen, I believe, were reimagined for this, where they were like actually people inside. Oh, they were basically just robots yeah, they were previously? Yeah, like produced by a corporation, and some older fans didn't like it. <clears throat> because um, a lot of the ideas of this episode, like the blimps and like the alternate versions of people who had died and stuff like that, were very reminiscent of the television show Fringe, which we liked yeah. a lot. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I was wondering which came first because this season aired in 2006. Fringe oh, started in 2008, I believe. This, uh, definitely. Yeah. This was before okay. Fringe. But yeah, I kept thinking like, oh, this reminds me of Fringe because I've already yeah, seen yeah. that. But um, uh, one, before we get like into the meat of these two episodes, because I did like them and I thought they were the best so far of the season, um, one little funny thing is uh, 
the guy who played Lumic, who is like the creator of the Cybermen. Oh yeah. A uh, little nerdy thing because I know Jeff's not a Harry Potter fan, but oh yeah, yeah. He played Barty Crouch Senior in Harry Potter Four. Oh, I know where this is going. And David Tennant played Barty uh, Crouch Junior. Yeah. So in this episode, I was like, father and son at war I forgot again. About that. Yeah. It was just something that jumped out at me. I was yeah. like, well, oh, it's a law cool. that all British actors have to both be in <laughs> oh, Harry Potter and Doctor yeah. Who. There's a lot of people that show up in Doctor <laughs> Who that I'm like, I recognize them from the other two British things I've seen. <laughs> oh, you'll yeah. see other people too. Like yeah. Andrew Garfield shows up in season three. Oh, yeah. But um, Carrie Mulligan, is that her name? Yeah. Uh, Sally Sparrow. I thought the um, ear pod brain control things hit a little too close to home as I was literally watching the show wearing a pair of Apple AirPods that are literally almost called the exact same thing. And yep. shockingly, this show definitely came first. So someone yeah. at Apple was probably like, um, about that new product, uh, there's already a thing called EarPods in Doctor Who that like turns people into robots and everyone has them and their brain control. And Apple was like, yeah, we're cool with that. Probably. But uh, um, the Cyberman version of Lumic, when he, like, transforms, is basically the Emperor Dalek. He's just, like, a big metal thing that is, like... <laughs> yeah. And I just couldn't help but draw parallels between the Daleks and the Cyberman, like, as far as uniformity and control. Um, I thought that the ending, the turning off the emotional inhibitors was a really dark solution for the doctor to take. So basically he's like, Oh, I'll just shut off the emotional inhibitors and everyone will go insane. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I was like, yo, I don't know if it was a choice to give him that dark decision or if it was just a solution to the problem of how do we get out of this? Yeah. I think the doctor basically is like, there's no other way. Otherwise he wouldn't have done it. Yeah, so I'm sure I'm going to be talking about this later in the season, but this is one of the first times throughout the season that um, I started to notice this pattern emerging of the doctor basically uh, like saying, like, we have no choice, and, like, a lot of bad stuff happening after he makes that decision. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, like, that's just, yeah. He's willing to let a lot of people die or go crazy I'm sorry. or I'm whatever. I'm so, so sorry. Yeah. Always. That's, like, his catchphrase. It's like, um, yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah. And then another thing that they kind of glossed over in this episode, but I thought was was interesting, was um, Rose never really learned the lesson of Father's Day. Like, a lot of the yeah. issues yeah. from Father's Day were because she interfered and let her presence be known to her but father. this is an alternate timeline. So, But still, rules? she immediately goes up to him, and, like, the doctor is like, that's not your father, that's not your yeah, mother. Yeah. And she's like, I'm your daughter. And I was like, really? You didn't just, like, want to say, like, oh, I'm a distant relative or something? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. It was kind of cool, but I felt I felt like, oh, they've done so much with her character, and they've given her, like, a strong arc mm-hmm. that I don't know if she would have done that the second time through. Maybe it was more evident to me because I was, like, binge-watching it in a shorter period of time. Maybe, yeah. But uh, <clears throat> I was just like, when she walked up to him, I was like, she's gonna have a she's going to have a lie here. And she didn't. She was just like, I'm your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, I really liked the way they sent, sent Mickey off. I oh, thought that yeah, was, yeah. It was cool. And I was like, mm, that actually solves a lot of problems because can you just have him kicking around forever? Like, mm-hmm. 
like literally running every time he hears the sound of the um, TARDIS. TARDIS. Uh, that was a little bit like he was a little bit of being a lap dog. Little, yeah. So I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. They're like sort of giving him a chance at his own life and, mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm, like I'm that. not going to spoil things because I don't know if we talked you into it and if you're going to continue, but he does get cooler. I mean, he gets cooler in this season. Yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, but um, yeah, I thought that was cool. I didn't really understand how they got to the alternate universe to begin with. Like, they just randomly had a problem in the TARDIS or the time vortex. Yeah, something about the time vortex. They fell out of it, right? Something like that. It disappeared. Yeah. Oh, it disappeared. That's so, right. That's what they said in the beginning of the first part of this two-parter. And I kept waiting for them to be like, we were attacked. It was deliberate. This was done to us. And that wasn't the case. It was just a random happenstance. Sometimes it sleets, Dan. You can't control your car. <sighs> it just seemed like a missed opportunity for like... I thought that was... I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but I thought that was <clears throat> talked about a little bit towards uh, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday where there was a tear in the uh, alternate universes. Oh, that's an interesting theory. I didn't put that together. Uh, maybe they just fell through the crack. That's my guess. Huh. Um. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Those were my thoughts on that. I liked it. I thought the um, Cybermen were a little bit simplistic or whatever, but it was definitely a cool episode. Definitely uh, made me hearken back to some of the episodes I liked in season one. So I don't really remember that much of the Idiot's Lantern. Uh, what was that one about again? That's the one where something's happening with the TV, like absorbing people. Oh, yeah, that's energy. right. And, and the doctor has slicked his hair back for like no reason because <laughs> it's the 50s. Why not? They're going to see Elvis, man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And not, I love how he differentiates. Like Rose's first thought is like fat 70s Las Vegas Elvis. And he's like, no. Nah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, Rose gets like her face sucked off and she turns into one of those wandering Neanderthals. But yeah. Um, the episode, like, as a whole, the villain and stuff, like, didn't do much for me, but right. it was really cool to Feed see. Feed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really cool. Yeah, that's like a little shop, pet, pet shop of horrors. A little, a little shop of yeah, horrors. Yeah. Like, feed me, Seymour. A little bit, yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, seeing the doctor super mad because Rose was, like, victimized and whatever. At this great. point, he, he's basically yeah. in love with her. And I was like, yo, he definitely took it to another level. Oh, because they've been snogging and all that? Snogging. You watch too much Doctor Who. Yeah. You're, sometimes you just like, I love whenever you tweet about Doctor Who, you tweet about how people are like, uh, like fantastic and stuff like that. Like you have so many like British isms from watching all these shows. I thought, uh, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Well, he'll frequently, well, brilliant. You he'll say frequently, brilliant a lot. He'll frequently text me if I want to nosh. Uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I often call people I don't like plonkers. So. <laughs> I thought that this was actually one of David Tennant's better performances of the season. Like he, mm. this is where I think he stands out from Christopher Eccleston. I think he's better at the angry stuff. I could see that when he was like screaming and storming in. Like, um, there's a scene where he like kicks in the dude's door. Oh yeah, the dude who owns the TV shop. And I was like, he's uh going a little bit further than maybe he even should for Rose. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, overall, it was a fine episode, but I really liked the Doctor in that one. I agree. Um, uh, <coughs> now we get to my favorite episodes. Really? These seasons, yeah. The Impossible Planet and the yeah. Satan Pit. Yeah. Ooh, I sense some dissension in your voice. Yeah. No, I actually do like these a lot. I don't know if I would consider them my favorites, but uh, what did you like about them, Jim? 
Um, I love the uh, just the idea of this planet should not be where it is right now. Just the what is happening right now, basically. Yeah. Um, just the they are supposed to be being sucked into a was a supernova something like that and uh they're floating out in space and they should be dead yeah there's like a gravity tunnel for no reason yeah, yeah. connecting the planet or whatever and they oh, were the oud. i love the oud the oud were really cool yeah, yeah. so yeah. i i really liked what you said too i thought that the idea that it was satan as the big villain was a little strange but i like that just the the fact of like what jeff was talking about is like maybe they've thought of satan because of this character or this yeah. bad guy and how um, he how he doesn't have like conscience. I love the parallels between this one and Aliens. Like this well, yeah, yeah, felt yeah. like between these two episodes, it felt like a lot of mirrors between the Alien they're and Aliens franchise. Yeah, like yeah. Doom. Yeah, exactly. Doom games. And they're going through the uh, t- the uh, air ducts and stuff like yeah, that. That yeah. type of vibe, trying to escape yeah. them. And I love that. Yeah, <clears throat> that was cool. Um, I do have to say, we talked a little bit earlier about the sacrificing less important or innocent characters to die mm. like the ood they're all just dead yeah it's fine it's like, i didn't have time for them didn't yeah. have time for the ood they're basically cattle i was like there's a few mm. hanging out yeah but isn't it Pretty kind long. of the fact that the humans on that um spaceship the fact that they viewed them as cattle part of their downfall yeah i mean it, it gets talked about later on the ood come back a lot oh, especially yeah. with david Tennant. yeah but yeah, I thought I thought it was a fun little like riff on like the stranded in space idea and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I love that kind of stuff. That's, there was that's also, my favorite sci-fi stuff. Yeah, there was all it's sort of like those elevator episodes like we're trapped and mm-hmm. what are we going to do? Exactly. There was also some cool doctor stuff too about him committing to going down the hole. Yeah, and yeah. How when you're like standing on the precipice and you feel like you should jump and all this stuff and he just jumps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. I was like Okay, so the TARDIS is going to be down there. Like, I saw that coming. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that was fun. Um, uh, what was I going to say? The next episode. Um, the next two episodes. Oh. In oh. my opinion, Love and Monsters and Fear Her, and in many others' opinions, are the worst, the worst of the entire show. Yeah, I didn't even write anything for uh, Let's Love and Monsters. Let's not even talk about it. <laughs> Fear <laughs> Her. Fear Her, I didn't like. I didn't like the idea of the lonely alien thing. I liked it better than Love and Monsters. Oh. Love and Monsters, I I like the concept. Me too. But it was executed. Well, Jeff, terribly. talk about it, what what it was. It was like he was talking into like his webcam, right? Yeah. So it's the perspective of somebody viewing the Doctor, which was talked about a little bit in the first and episode. It, yeah, and in like 2006. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's that, done. That's way, pretty cool because yeah. it's like a little bit ahead of the curve. Next series, it's done so much better. The perspective of of an outsider seeing right. the Doctor. So I I didn't mind the early part of this um, episode, the Love and Monsters episode. I thought it was kind of cool seeing the outsider perspective and mm-hmm. how he interacted with the doctor the few times that he met him and stuff like that. Yeah. And I liked their little club and how they were trying to start a freaking, um, what was the name of the band? Uh, oh, I, I don't know. Remember. They were playing Mr. Blue Sky. Yeah, for, but again, Guardians concept. Yeah. Very cool. Execution. Oof. Total miss. And again, yeah. we're getting hit with the sacrifice of innocent characters. Like, really? The love interest oh, yeah, turns girl. into a tile at the end? <laughs> Stone so tile, stomp. dude. <laughs> and they allude to some sort of romantic or sexual nature as a tile? Yeah, it's fine. I was like, hmm. Yeah, it's bad. 
I was like, Doctor Who is just leaving a just a trail of dead bodies and broken people in his wake. I yes. mean, that's that's what Mickey's always More been saying. More dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. Um, fear her. I like it better than Love and Monsters. It felt like they wanted to do a tie-in with the Olympics because the Olympics were in London. It literally ended with the running of the torches. I get yeah. that it kind of played into the the plot. Yeah. But couldn't you have just thrown that little pod into a gas stove? Like yeah. a flame? Like, why did they have to go into the Olympic torch and all because that? Because hope. Because hope, yeah. It's <laughs> eternal. It just seemed like the BBC was like, yeah, we're doing an Olympic episode, guys. <laughs> it's coming to London. Everyone wanted to see David Tennant running with the Olympic torch when the actual 2012 Olymp- <clears throat> uh, Olympics were happening. But yeah, that would have been interesting. Happen. It would have been awesome, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, didn't they go with James Bond yeah, during James the opening Bond, yeah. ceremonies? Oh, yeah. It would be awesome. Could have been the both. doctor. Yeah, um, it would have been cool if it was James Bond, and then he revealed that he's actually a regenerated doctor. <laughs> he's like, I'm the new doctor now. That would make a lot of sense. That's why the do- James Bond is always a different actor. Yeah, he's regenerating. He's act. Oh shit! I he's think a time just- lord. I think we just figured it out. Yeah. Um. Uh, then we get into. The big boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I got to say, like, up until this point, I'm saying to myself, I've really watched almost all the season, and I did not love it. Yeah. I was super excited for Dave and Ten- David Tennant, but I thought the the season was pretty lackluster. Like, again, I liked his performance. I liked the characters. but um, And I didn't think there was as many design issues. It seemed like, especially production design, like set and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, they did a better job with their budget. And I even thought the villains weren't like pretty cool, but uh, I just thought that uh, the mo- monster of the week aspect, like the episodic, formulaic, um, those episodes were just weaker and more forgettable this season. I agree. But uh, for the two-part finale, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. This is the story of how I died. Yeah, that hooked me right there. Like, I thought that whole intro was really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm welling up right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh. It's... Some tears were flowing. All of a sudden, the show got cinematic. She's standing on a beach. Yeah, and yeah. There's narration. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm, I got it's the It's done feels. really well. Yeah. And I was like, first my thought was, well, this is genre television, so she's not going to die. Like, this is just a cop-out. Yeah, yeah. But then about halfway through Doomsday, I was like, oh, he has different companions. Yeah. Maybe she's actually going to die. And that's why I think these two episodes worked the best for me, because there was actual stakes. Yeah. I was like, she could die, and they could just continue on without her. Mm-hmm. But um, I really liked uh, the return of Mickey and how he was, like, a badass, and he was working with that group. <laughs> yeah so i like that too no because he comes back and he's like baller yeah 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 all full of attitude yeah we're gonna save the day again and i was like the first couple times they showed him i was like are they gonna explain this like why he's just a scientist here yeah i was like is this our planet's version of ricky or something our universe version but but no that was really cool and um and the invasion of the cybermen was done well I guess uh, the whole Torchwood thing, I don't really know if that paid off as well as I wanted to it wanted it to. And mm. I understand that they were seeding it not only for this season, but 
but also for a spinoff. Right. That's exactly yeah. what happened. So yeah. can you talk more about that? Because I don't know anything about the spinoff. I just know that there was one. Uh, we can't get into that without spoilers, I don't think. Oh, there's going to be more for future seasons? Yeah, there's, there's yeah. still crossovers. In the because wasn't season. there some connection with Captain Jack? He, Yeah, he's he works with Torchwood. Oh. Yeah, that gets revealed later. But uh, I don't know. A lot more innocent people dead in this one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, she's not your mother. Just leave her. We don't have time. Yeah. I was like, yeah. yo, that is weak sauce, Doctor. But... um. I don't know. The Dalek cliffhanger was a little meh. I told you the Daleks come back and they just keep watering them down, yeah. and watering them down. Yeah, I mean for that, years. Yeah. That's like one thing I literally said to myself was, "How many last of the Daleks are there?" Yeah, yeah. Because we keep hearing like, "I am the last of the Daleks." Yeah. They're like, "We are a cult of the Daleks that escaped." Yep. And, um, They're gonna keep coming. Oh, and they don't stop coming. They don't. Stop it seems coming. like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of the last of the race or whatever. Like the Doctor is the last of the Time Lords. The Daleks are the last of them. I feel like there was a few more examples where I just kept saying, like, really, like, is everyone the last of their alien race? Is that's what is that what is giving them like weight and gravitas? Yep. I, it's like I, the last dodo bird. There was a last dodo bird at one point. Yeah. What was his story? I want to know it. But did he desire to take over the planet? Could be. Um, the Genesis arc was a cool idea, though. He kept mm-hmm. saying Time Lord technology, and then the doctor's like, it's bigger on the inside. Yeah, yeah. That was dope. Um, and I really liked um, Pete's last-minute grab of Rose. He's like, we're not going through anymore. Yeah, yeah. And then he just, poop pops up and catches her right before she gets sucked into the vortex. And I was like, immediately, as soon as that happened, I was like, that is great writing. Because they found a way to move on from Rose. Keep her alive. Keep her alive. But also, there is still, like, weight and sadness to what had to happen. But in the end, it could be a good thing. She ends up. Really good music, too, at the end, too. Yeah. We have not talked once about Murray Gold's score. Yeah, yeah. Which is just phenomenal for 10 seasons. Never yeah. noticed it. You will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially towards, like, Series 5. Yeah. yeah, who's saying I'm getting there? Oh. Um, but I thought that Spoiler, they sweetie. did a really good job because, yes, this was, like, an awesome adventure for Rose Tyler to go on for two years or however long in the show it was supposed to take. Mm-hmm. But in the end, didn't she kind of wind up where she should have been? Like... They were able to write her family. Like, her father was alive. Her mother was alive. They were back together. She got to be with Mickey, who I feel like she never really fell out of love with Mickey. She just was sort of swept off her feet by the doctor. Mm. Like, in the Christmas special from last season, when she did get back with Mickey, they it was like no time had passed at all. So it's kind of nice that, to me, she kind of was given a happy ending, although it was bittersweet. Yeah. It's bittersweet. She she got torn away from the doctor. They didn't even get to say they love each other. Yeah, but they got torn away before they could Jeff, say the word, Dan. Look at the, it tears me apart. But look at the episode that you were raving about, the return of Sarah Jane. What did we learn? At some point, 
Companions go. Companions go. Rose is going to age. Is the doctor going to drag around an 80-year-old Rose? They go. And for the story, that's great. But it doesn't tear you apart to watch them separate oh, on yeah, Battle of Fae? Oh, yeah, of course. It's, of course, it's sad, but it's supposed to be because... I Jess know. wanted to talk about this for like eight years, you can tell. It's... No, because sometimes I'll think about it and I'll get choked sad. up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do too. But it's sort of like, um, it's like the end of any relationship, like... Although it hurt, it was a necessary hurt. Yeah. And I think that in the long run, I don't know if Rose is going to come back up. I'm sure she will because it's TV, but I would... (laughs) Maybe. I would imagine that if she could move past this, in hindsight, she could look back on this period of her life as like an awesome thing that happened, but now she still can live a regular life. Yeah, I agree. But... and, And she didn't just go back to working at a shop. She works for... Torchwood, Torchwood now, yeah. and gets to use the skills and, you know, things she's learned to have a new, exciting life. Mm-hmm. I think the doctor came into her life and improved it in all facets and then left at the appropriate time. Uh, the Bad Wolf Bay thing was really cool. Yeah. Was and there like, was no finality to their to their relationship, which is the sadness. What I think was the real sadness was that they had to include that cliffhanger for the Christmas special. If they had ended the yeah, episode they, they always with that. the oh, doctor yeah. not getting the word love out or whatever the last word that he, it was yeah. love, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. That he couldn't get out and just showing him standing there with like the tears in his eyes like welled up, that would have been so powerful. But then they're like, oh, who are you? You're a bride. Why are you in the TARDIS? And I was like, poopy. That just cheapened it. Uh, that didn't bother me as much. I I think that just shows that the doctor has to move on as well as Yeah, Rose. tell him. Tell him, Jim. <laughs> I mean, he does have to move on, but does he have to move on immediately? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he doesn't. Yeah. He does not move no. on easily from this. Yeah. Um I mean, my overall thoughts for the season before we get into the Christmas special was that I thought it was kind of weak sauce. Uh I thought that the last few episodes definitely were redemptive. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm like, why are you doing this to me, Doctor Who? You're bad, and then you're good, and I don't know if I should continue to watch you. <laughs> that, welcome to our lives for the past however long Well, that's long not what been I've been hearing this. from Mr. Jeff and from Mr. Jimmy, <laughs> that it's the such good, a great show. the bad. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it does. It's so close for it me right And then right when now. you rewatch, you you skip the loving monsters. You skip the fear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it does just get better and better. I mean, until it doesn't. I wrote I wrote a question down here, but I don't want to ask it because I don't want spoilers. Ooh, can I guess? Is it Doctor Who? No, <laughs> I don't want you to answer this. But my question was: Will we see more of Rose and the Tylers? Don't answer me. Don't even look at me. But <laughs> the way that you're presenting this question is, I think I I know the, the answer to our question, which we'll we'll I'll ask. Yeah. Well, Shortly. the Christmas episode, Runaway Bride. Okay. Donna from, who I know from The Office. Right. Yeah. I forget her name, Kate something, was hella annoying. Yes. Yeah. I do agree with you on that. Um, I don't know if it was weakened by the fact that I had just, like, immediately watched it after the finale. 
And you were wiping away tears from your I was like, cheekies. I was like, yes, this is doing it. It's doing it finally. It's becoming Fringe, which is one of my favorite sci-fi shows. Yeah. But I was like, it's hitting so hard. And then they were like, remember those robot Santas? They're back. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just felt campy. I mean, like I said, it was probably because I watched it right after the season finale. But It's probably the campiest of the Christmas specials. Um. Uh yeah, true. Now <laughs> that I'm thinking some, about there's it, there's some bad Christmas specials. Yeah, but again, here we go again. We're introduced to a villain, which is the last of their kind, which is really bad makeup. A woman with red face paint and spider legs, <laughs> and bad cuts, and yeah, bad but he kills and... her. So, he what kills. a what a nice <laughs> clean way to end the episode. Species. Yeah, he kills her, and now we don't have to deal with her again. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Isn't it awesome? She's she's Rita from Power Rangers. She's like. I'll get these doctors. <laughs> I thought the the reveal that uh, the spaceship is the center of the Earth. It was interesting, and I liked. I was like, I liked how he was like sort of yearning for this to be his to for a companion. Yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, this is farther back than I've ever gone, and she's like, I don't care. Cool. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then at the end, when he's like, um, you know, you could just join me, and she's like, no. I was so happy when she said that. Not only because I didn't like her as a character, yeah, but uh, because I feel like people would say no. Yeah, yeah. Like not everyone would be like, "Yeah, I'll just drop everything and come with you." Like some people are gonna be Mickey. They're gonna yeah. be like, "No." That is my favorite part about Donna is that she was just like, "Nah." I'm she good. grew on me a little bit as the episode progressed, and you yeah. got to see like some depth, and I felt some feels for her when. Her fiance was like, "You're Trying the worst." To kill her. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I had to sit there and listen to you talk about posh spice and stuff like yeah. all these days." I was like, "Oh, that, that's that sucks." Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's just another episode where I was like, "Oh man, if I hadn't, if you guys hadn't asked me to watch the Christmas special, if I didn't did, think we did, did we? I don't. I think just so, assumed." But... Yeah, I, we, we said we, in the last episode. We needed episode, the Christmas special for season one Christmas special because that made sense. I didn't think you were going to watch. I probably would have wanted to, though, because season two ends in a cliffhanger with the bride. Yeah. So it does kind of bring you right into it. but um. So it's almost like they succeeded at their task. Yeah, <laughs> they did. But season two finale was so much stronger. Uh, so after that. So before you ask me this question, I need to ask. I just want to tell the listeners, we are best friends. We talk almost on a daily basis. We text back and forth. Yeah. But I have literally given no hint towards my feelings or emotion about continuity, about continuing, whether I'm going to continue this series, whether you talk me into it. So this is legitimately the first you're going to be hearing of my decision. Jimmy, do you think we talked him into it? I don't know. After the Runaway Bride, I, it's hard to tell because I, I'm sure he knows that obviously production quality and stuff gets a lot better and writing gets a lot better. But I don't know. Just It might have left a sour taste in his mouth. Here's what I think. Yeah. I think he's intrigued enough to try it. I think so, and too. And he says he will, but he either has already started watching more or he'll just never get to it, but he'll want to. I can tell you right now, I didn't even view that as an option. So regardless of my decision, I have not watched any more than the second Christmas special. Okay. So we must ask the question. Finally, did we talk you into Doctor Who? 
You talked me into Doctor Who. Yay! I am going to continue watching Doctor Who. Wow. Yay! (laughs) We did it. It's It's over. It's not my priority. I'm not going to crunch through season after season like I did for these two. Yep. But when I have time and availability, I will continue watching Doctor Who. So I was right. You'll never get to it. No, no. I, I could envision myself. I try not to overload myself with too many current running. Mm-hmm. N- not current running, but what I call like rewatches, like rewatching old things. Well, you have a year and a half to watch the next eight seasons. Yeah. That's true. Nine seasons. I And I did like one thing I didn't address on the podcast, but before we talked about doing this, I told Jeff and I believe Jimmy that I was intrigued by Jodie Whittaker, I believe is her name. Yes. And the idea of a female doctor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so That's I did. That's the whole point of this podcast is because of that. Yeah. So yeah. I did record that season. It's sitting on my DVR, and it is something I'm interested in getting to. So I'm not just rambling through many seasons. I have a goal in mind. I'd like to get to that point. Uh, I don't know if I will watch every episode. If I will skim through things and things like that. You can ask us which ones. It's yeah, hard because yeah. I am a bit of a completist, and I like to know callbacks and stuff like right. that. But uh, on a first watch through, I would just watch everything. Yeah. And just like if you know an episode's going to be bad, just take a deep breath. And <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to look for like a listicle online of like most important Doctor Who episodes. So when I get to oh, those, they exist. Don't worry. Yeah. So oh, when I get plenty. to those, I'll be like time to pay attention. Get off your phone. Yeah. But no, I'm, I mean, uh, what really made me think that I need to continue watching it is the doctor. Like, the Doctor's a really cool character. Yeah, I almost I forgot to bring that up, but I forgot to ask you in the first question of, did you like the character of the Doctor? Yeah, I think that's what redeemed a lot of even the bad episodes and made them watchable are just little moments, quips, little outbursts of anger. He's, he's definitely set apart from the typical main character of a sci-fi series. I wouldn't go so far as to say he's an anti-hero, but he's a... Uh, He's not pure good and he's not pure evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that is also a theme that is touched upon, as you will see, because we talked you into Doctor Who. I'm actually very yeah. excited about that. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so who knows what the future holds, but I am definitely not done with Doctor Who. That's good. Maybe we can have like a follow-up after uh, well, you watch a couple seasons. I don't know, because I have an announcement to make right now. I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's, it's done. <laughs> I have nothing else to achieve. Uh, I'm leaving. No. Oh. <laughs> because the reason is, you guys had your turn. You uh, tried to talk me into Doctor Who, and, and you were successful. <laughs> and I applaud you for that. Now I'm going to talk you into something. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> the next episode of the Talk Me Into podcast. Doctor Who episode season three. <laughs> no. I will be talking you guys into one of my favorite musical acts of all time. The Spice Girls. That I just talked my niece into the Spice Girls, ironically. She wow. loves them. That's fine. Uh, no. Someone that you guys I'm sure have heard in passing. He is a large part of our pop culture, but maybe have not taken the time to sit down and really give a chance to saying, do I like this? Do I want to listen to more of this? Does this mean something to me? That is the musical work of Bob Dylan. Oh. That's interesting. So I am going to ask that before the next episode, Jimmy, Jeff, listeners at home, I would like you to listen to the albums The Times They Are a Changing, Blonde on Blonde, 
and Blood on the Tracks by Bob Dylan. These should be available pretty easily accessibly on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, anywhere you get music. So listen to those three albums. Uh, In the next episode, I'll explain why I chose those three, but I think they can give you a little retrospect on the career of the voice of a generation, Bob Dylan. Listen to them with an open mind and an open heart. Church. And we will... Preach. Yes. And we will discuss whether I have talked you into liking Bob Dylan. That's going to be tough. And will our minds, they be a-changing? I hope so. (laughs) So don't forget that you can always find us on Twitter at TalkMeInto. Like us on Facebook at TalkMeInto. And find the podcast on all your regular podcast subscribers and TalkMeInto.com. And if you feel so inclined, as Jimmy would say, you may email us at TalkMeInto at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review and we will read all your contact with us. We are thirsting for it. We will read it on this show. Jimmy, where can they find you online? They can find me at Son of a Fitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H on Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox, read my movie reviews if you want to. I almost said if you feel so inclined. Yes. <laughs> Jeff. Where can they find you? Where they won't find me is ct.gov slash jury duty, but where they will find me is on Twitter. They're going to find you. At Jeff27 with five Fs, Instagram, large heart on Collider. And you could find me on Twitter at Danny underscore Breakdown. And please read my film reviews at Letterboxd under the name Danny Breakdown. I am looking for all attention, any attention that I can get. I'm trying to be a good little writer. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? I'm Dan, and last night I drove two hours to see Jurassic Park in 35mm, and I slept through a large portion of it. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, All right. I have a fart trapped in my butt cheeks. All right, get it out now. <laughs> All right, it's out. <laughs> I'm so happy that's recording. <laughs> oh, boy. It's always the best lines that will make it to the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It says right down there you can get a fine, and you will totally be the guy who gets fined and gets super pissed about it like you shouldn't have been fined. How am I supposed to pay a $2,000 fine? <laughs> nah, it's fake. It's probably only like 200 It's fake. It's fake news. Hey, Hollywood, let's put the phones away. I'm going to take a couple sips real quick. Uh, nice. Uh. I just thought about your part. You know, trapped wind is a dangerous thing. There's actually a guy on a podcast I listen to. His name is Lee Ellis. He's on the Starters podcast who suffered from trapped wind, and it was a serious medical condition. So now every time he feels the desire to fart, he just lets it rip no matter what's going on. He's farted on air. He's farted on the podcast numerous times. Don't trap your wind, folks. What a babe. I'm looking at pictures of Billy Piper. (laughs) Here's a picture of Billy Piper without a face. (laughs) The doctor's like, (laughs) Arrgh!